Welcome to the This Is Us Sober podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Steph. We're two women from opposite sides of the world who found each other in sobriety. Yeah, we want to create a community and culture where sobriety is something to be proud of. Mm -hmm. Please join us every week to hear our take on all things sober. You are not alone. Let's make sobriety the fun choice. Absolutely. But if you're experiencing side effects or issues with your drinking that are putting you in danger or seriously impacting your life, please seek professional advice. We're not professionals. Steph and I are just two people with a story to share and a message to spread. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, Steph. Sarah. How are you doing? I am great. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm 157 days today. What about you? I am 253 days sober today. Holy smokes, go you. Yeah. We're doing it. We are. We're doing it and we're doing it well. Um, yes. What has your week looked like? You had a long weekend, hey? Yeah, it was Labor Day weekend here in the USA. Um, so, yeah, off today. Um, it was pretty good. It was relaxing. I didn't do a whole lot. My dad came in town, very quick visit, which was nice to see him. But yeah, it was, I don't even think he was here 24 hours. Um, and just a lot. Yeah, just a lot of relaxing. I got outside a lot. It was gorgeous. The weather was like top 10 days for sure. So that was really nice to get out and do some walking and things like that. But yeah, nothing, nothing big, but I, I don't mind that. I'm loving the like low key, no drama, no drinking too much, no hangover, no drinking at all, no drinking at all, (laughs) zero. So yeah, it's been it's been a good weekend. How about you? What's been going on? I probably should have done a bit more of that. I um have this habit of I'm a I'm a workaholic. Hi, my Mm -hmm. name's Sarah. I'm a workaholic. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I tend to go through this kind of like quarterly cycle where I work myself to sheer exhaustion and then I basically decide I want to blow my whole life up. Um, so that's, you know, the situation that I went through recently. Uh, so probably should have relaxed on the weekend, but instead I decided um, that like I wanted to move and, and quit my day job and, <laughs> and just sit on a beach somewhere wearing a sombrero and I cried and yeah anyway the good thing is because I don't drown that feeling in red wine it yeah I get it out and then I realize do you know what it's really not that bad and I pick myself up and I you know turn my phone off a little earlier at night and oh I'm so sorry (laughs) my husband with his texts I don't know what it is oh (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, um, I can't remember what I was saying. Um, yeah, so anyway, I'm just doing all the things that um, I need to, to get the downtime I need to, um, you know, chill out a bit more. And um, yeah, so I'll be having more weekends like your weekend this weekend, which yes. um, I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, I'm also doing a minimum 5K September. So a bunch of friends and I are. Um, we've committed to running at least 5Ks every day. We do that a couple of times a year and that really helps as well because I've got to do the 5K and I still get do my normal gym stuff and whatnot. It means I've got to kind of finish work at a time where I can go out and get the 5Ks done. So that's a really good mm-hmm. way of drawing a line under it. And then you as well, because our time zones are so helpful in this way. Um, when you wake up at six, you're reminding me to go to bed because that's my nine. Yep. And um, yeah, so- Got all these you. Little- you got me. These are all my little <laughs> self-care techniques and they're working a treat and I, I'm feeling um, a lot more um, human than I did before. Um, I'm glad. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. More chill weekends, glad. more chill time. Mm, yeah. 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 For sure. What are we um, chatting about this week, Miss Steph? So this week, um, and I wrote about it in my blog as well, uh, the unexpected things that we discovered in sobriety. So Mm. I know for me, I've talked about it before, but in case no one's listened to prior podcast, um, for me, I, I quit drinking because I was trying to get rid of anxiety. Um, 
you know, trying to get rid of the horrible hangovers all the time and kind of that cycle of drinking to feel better and Mm -hmm. then feeling shitty again. And then also being able to like work out and and just lose some weight and and all of that. But I think they're the pretty common reasons, aren't they, Steph? Yeah, they are pretty common. And, you know, to my surprise, there was all kinds of other things that came up. And um, I know you have shared though or shared some of these with me because i would boxer you and be like yeah. oh my gosh this is going on and you're like me too so i know i think it'll be fun to go over these today because some of these things might actually be things that people struggle with and mm. they don't realize alcohol it could be playing a part so it could mm-hmm. be really good for some people to just be like oh maybe i should check my relationship with alcohol because i do struggle with this and mm. wow like how cool if that can go away so yeah and I think um further to that point when you're drinking you'll often make um excuses for why things might happen because you don't want it to be alcohol so you know you have that kind of confirmation bias but when you stop you realize oh actually yeah it really was um Mm -hmm. so I've been really looking forward to having this conversation because I think um those little unexpected things are the the joys when you're like, oh, that's the reason why I couldn't X, Y, Z, you know. Um, it's because, you know, I was I was drinking too much and now that I've made the decision not to, I'm getting this gift. Um, and there yeah. are lots of them. So let's let's kick off. What um what, let's what kick would you say off. is the the first one? So these are in no particular order, but The first one here on the list is clear skin. Mm -hmm. And this one, I don't know, Sarah, like how soon do you feel like you noticed that with yourself? I, I feel like it was pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the same. Um, Certainly as far as like hydration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it was probably... Definitely within the first 90 days, I was like, wow, like I really used to wear makeup to cover like the dark circles under my Mm -hmm. eyes and the, you know, you get like that red blotchiness from drinking. Yeah, like the rosacea kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I would always have to wear, you know, foundation and, and all these things to kind of like even my skin tone out. And it's just... Mm. not even something that I mean most days I just don't even bother because I just I put my moisturizer on and I'm like mm. all right let's go like I'm yeah good. let's do this yeah, <laughs> yeah um, this is great <laughs> I would say the same but the good thing was um I would say probably 90 days as well um but it wasn't me that noticed it was my husband which I thought was really oh. nice so I noticed um that like I get these little kind of dots on my skin if I don't use the right kind of um like I don't know it might be where like just stuff can't get out or I'm not cleansing properly um these yeah kind of little like pimply dots um and I had been getting them for ages and ages I have them on my arms as well um and I had noticed that they were getting better, but it was at the same time that I changed a cleanser. So, I, of course, I kind of, you know, made, sure. made that um, association. But then when Steve noticed, he was like, oh, your skin is like like becoming really, really clear. Um, I kind of looked and I realized it wasn't just the, it wasn't just those things. It was like you said, the under eye um, discoloration, um, my pigmentation was less. Um and then when I went to go get my Botox, my um, in, my the nurse said the same thing, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is a thing." Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's really really nice, and I think it probably does come down to the fact that we're not constantly dehydrated, right? Right. Mm. It's a huge and opening factor. those blood vessels because the blood vessels dilate yeah. when you drink, and obviously that causes you to get that redness too. I used to get the redness real bad. Mm-hmm. Me too. Mm. Mm. As I soon as I like... have a sip, it'd be like. Pew! beetroot uh-huh uh-huh mm. yeah small price to pay for a buzz Pfft, yeah not. <laughs> <laughs> the next one Steph is one we have so bonded over because I think it could be up there with my favorites mm-hmm. bright eyes bright mm-hmm. eyes I love them so much I just you I I could actually I reckon spot a sober person at like 10 paces from their eyes what do you reckon yeah I 
hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, I didn't even realize it till I saw it in myself in my, um, like my before and after photo that I have up, um, on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we, we actually share those a lot on Instagram Mm -hmm. too. Like other people's, we call them the glow ups. And like, if you get on there and go through those and our highlights, um, it's, yeah, it's the eyes, the whites are just so bright. And it's just like, you're, it looks like you're shining from the inside out. Like there's Mm -hmm. just, I think alcohol really does something to dull your spirit. And I think your spirit comes out through your eyes, you know? Yeah. I think, I think you're probably, I think you're probably right there. I think it's obviously you don't have all the toxins running through your body and um, all of those things, but I do think, and we'll chat about it later on, spoiler alert, (laughs) Mm -hmm. about the, the kind of confidence and things like that. But um, I think those two things combine to do something to your eyes because yeah, they become pretty darn dazzling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So this next one, are you, are you good to move on? Yeah. Good to move on. Okay. So this next one, you actually did a Mm -hmm. TikTok reel, by the way, we just started a TikTok and we're pretty proud of ourselves for that. So so proud. (laughs) Um, But anyway, she, it is. It's so fun. I, so I'm fun. having a lot of fun. Um, but our hair started mm-hmm. coming back, like mm-hmm. thicker. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like it, like I said in my <laughs> in my reel, it, it gives me mm-hmm. a headache. I've always had thick hair, but I reckon it's like half again. Mm-hmm. 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 And I mean, yeah. I was a gray area drinker. I wasn't even like. You know, I was drinking on the daily, but not to excess. Like to the fact that imagine somebody who was like, like properly boozing every day. Like, yeah, it's amazing. I know yeah. I was losing a lot of hair and I will go. I know we'll go into this in depth um, coming up in future episode, but I do have Hashimoto's disease. And that is what's crazy about having Hashimoto's disease. And then also looking at the side effects of alcohol like drinking too much alcohol. And I was definitely a binge drinker. If like you looked up the definition, like I was having way more than 12 drinks a week as a woman. And that's putting, puts me way over into the binge drinking area. Um, But anyway, that is actually also a side effect of consuming too much alcohol. And I wrote about it. I actually looked up an article that goes into detail, like what it does for it's, it's, it's not the alcohol itself. It's kind of a malnutrition type thing from drinking alcohol right. causes your body not to absorb the right nutrients you need for hair growth or mm-hmm. for your hair to like be healthy. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you kind of can start losing your hair when you drink oh. too much. Yeah. Okay. So now it's like, okay, was it the Hashimoto's disease, which is a thyroid autoimmune disease for those that don't know, or because I never told my doctor how much I was drinking, mm. was it the alcohol? So mm. we will do an episode later um, because I am going through some more testing coming up. But I find it very interesting um, on the whole Hashimoto's diagnosis. I, I am questioning it. Mm. We're not going to go there yet. But it is kind of funny how some of these things are the same. And yeah. now since yeah. I quit alcohol, the symptoms that I thought I was having because of Hashimoto's is they're, they're going away. So it's kind yeah. of, that's actually really exciting for me. So I wanted to add that in there. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to hear how that testing goes. Mm-hmm. Cause um, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's like really interesting to see how um, drinking plays into um, pre-existing conditions absolutely yeah. Um, yeah and how I think sometimes it's difficult to diagnose things properly um, for our healthcare professionals when you know uh, regular or um, binge amounts of drinking are at play because yeah you're 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 dealing with a whole bunch of other um, symptoms like feeling crap, feeling um, exhausted, depleted, mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. And is it the chicken or the egg? Yeah. 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 It's interesting. And if you're oh. not being honest, mm. they don't know. And hell no, I never told a doctor how much I actually drank. Whew. They might tell me mm-hmm. to stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Rude. I don't need that lecture. 
No, God, no. God, no. They're paid to say that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, this one it can be a, a tricky one to begin with, I think, Steph. Don't you agree? That more free time. So mm-hmm. I knew that I would have more free time, particularly because this wasn't my first rodeo. It wasn't my first time trying to stop. So I knew that that was one of the more confronting parts. But when you've been sober for a while, you realize, oh, I actually have to implement things that will stick. It's not like, you know, you can just go to a, a movie and have a coffee afterwards sober and be like, oh, great. Like, you know, I can do this now. You've got to do it over and over and over again mm-hmm. and um, develop hobbies and, and other things that fill that time in a sustainable way. And I think that's a great thing. But to begin with, it can be pretty hard. Yeah, it can be hard because it can feel, you know, when you're when you're drinking, you are being stimulated in a sense, right? Because mm, you're yeah. you, well, I I mean, for me, I guess I can't speak for all drinkers, but I know for me, drinking was an activity. So mm. I thought I was doing something by mm-hmm. drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else was just a reason to drink, but drinking mm-hmm. was the activity. So um, I always like w- if I was bored, I would fill that with drinking because mm-hmm. it, like I said, in my mind, drinking was an activity. So yeah, all of a sudden having all this free time, because when you think about it, I was either drinking, recovering, which mm-hmm. takes a lot of your time too, mm-hmm. when you're hungover mm-hmm. or thinking about when I was going to start drinking. So mm-hmm. now that I don't have those three things going on in my everyday life, mm-hmm. that was a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So but there's so much freedom in that. There's so much freedom because like you said, now you can like stick to things. Like I can stick to a workout routine because now I have more than enough time mm. or before that was always my excuse. I don't have enough time. Well, that's because I spent, you know, the better part of my morning nursing my hangover, trying to get out of bed, trying to feel good enough. Mm. Then you got to try to eat something and then, you know, and then it's like, but I can't so do it was. after three o'clock because three o'clock hits and like, mm-hmm that's when the when the drinking started so yeah it's like mm-hmm. you know having all this time yeah, and, and then it's just it's it's so nice too to like ha to just be to just mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. to just sit there and be you know I would love to know what that's like uh you should do it more often <laughs> yeah so uh, it sounds like you needed that this weekend I did. I did need I did need that I'm yeah I'm not good at just being um you know that that is an ADHD thing as well, though. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's a, a practice that I'm willing to perfect over the you know term of my life. And maybe you know when I'm sitting in a rocking chair at 85, yeah. <laughs> I'll get that down pat. But yeah, yeah. I think the the free goals. time bit. Yeah, goals exactly goals. <laughs> um, the um, the more free time bit, I think. Um, you're so I, I hear you so loud and clear on the amount of time, not just the drinking took up for me, but the thinking about drinking or right. the um, negotiating with myself about how much I would drink or just wishing time away. Like I've said time and time again, this is the reason why I stopped drinking. Actually, if I was to mm-hmm. summarize it, it was just wishing time away so that I could have a glass of red wine. And one day I just went, this is screwed up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. a, a, a huge chunk of time wasted daydreaming about running away from my life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing yeah. is um, the side effect of having more free time is I live in the middle of nowhere. Um, and because I always had the activity of drinking, um it made living in the middle of nowhere okay because I just drink, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the reasons recently why we've been talking about moving is because I'm I'm just I'm a bit bored because yeah. now all the things that aren't right about living in the middle of nowhere, like I like to ride bikes and it's really hilly around here. Um, you know, I, um, well, I, I'm a runner and now I'm running a bit more than even I used to and there's no real safe roads to run on and things like that. It's funny that like my actual lifestyle, the, the more free time thing is actually something that's a, a proper lifestyle consideration because it led to us actually having a conversation about, well, well, do we move somewhere where there's 
more to do and it's the mm-hmm. same for Steve obviously because he's not drinking as much either so you know do we move mm-hmm. somewhere where we can just you know stroll down to a, a cafe or you know a local Thai restaurant or something like that because we don't just sit around whiling away time drinking yeah um, so yeah that's been it's been a, a an eye-opener for me I'm getting better at it and now that kind of we've resolved to stay where we are for a little while longer I'm going to try a few things like walking along the beach and just, yeah, really trying to work out what I love without it necessarily being, um, you know, a massive sort of change. Because I think the, the when you realise that you've got all this free time that you need to fill, you need to look internally for how to fill that rather than right. externally. Um, and that's been a really big revelation for me. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. There'll be some knitting yeah. involved, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess that leads to our next one, doesn't it, Steph? Yeah. So the next one is releasing emotions. Mm-hmm. And this one is like hard, mm-hmm. but necessary. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's definitely one of the reasons I drank Mm -hmm. was to, you know, numb out and avoid all the hard shit. Mm -hmm. Um, But now learning to work through them when they happen, you can actually release them. Mm -hmm. When you're drinking, you're not letting that shit go. It's not going anywhere. And so now in sobriety you actually get to let go of some shit and yeah no it's not fun to do it but once you work through it you don't have to deal with it again you know like yes another problem will come up because that's life and we all get problems and like Mm -hmm. no one gets out of here without having to deal with the bullshit Mm -hmm. so why not deal with it in a healthy way and that's you know what you find in sobriety is just being able to deal with it in a healthy way to where you're not just suppressing it so it just festers in the body and becomes other things mm-hmm. like you know i get stress knots from holding on to stuff like there's all these things that can happen when you hold on to those things anxiety was another big one and so yeah just working through those by letting it happen feeling it don't identify as the feeling and when i say that instead of saying i am sad say I feel sad Mm -hmm. because then that can really help you release it as well because when you can just say that you feel a feeling instead of like owning it and saying that's you know what you are is a really good way to to work through it too Oh, um, totally, totally. I really like yeah. it. In fact, you did a blog post on was it a blog? No, you did a a reel on that. And mm-hmm. I think um framing it in that way is so helpful um because it doesn't then seem intrinsic to you, you know, and it doesn't yeah. seem negative. It's like it's a it's a choice and yeah. And language mm-hmm. it, language is so important. Yeah, how we speak to yeah. ourselves and mm-hmm. yeah, it really does our our bodies here and our brains here like what we're saying or mm-hmm. our thoughts and it becomes our reality. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you can, you can um, just kind of word things differently or work work through them and from a different angle. It does it. The release is amazing when you mm-hmm. can sit and feel. I know you've had to do that mm-hmm. in your sobriety. So tell us a little yeah. like how you work through those times. Yeah, well, but before that, um, mm-hmm. I know um, I haven't put last week's um pod video on youtube however i will but um Mm -hmm. can you show our listeners your feel it all tattoo oh yeah 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 so this is your okay so this is gonna be hold on let me (laughs) turn this so i can get my arm in there yeah let's get a good angle says feel it all so beautiful and love how thin it is but um so when did you get that steph so I actually got it um, 53 days ago and my 200 day sober is when I got this tattoo. And yeah, it's it's kind of like my sober post-it note on my arm. Um, it's for me, first and foremost, the tattoos for me as a reminder to feel it all, the good, the bad, the ugly, 
feel it all. Mm-hmm. But also it was kind of to like tell the world and the and the ones around me that like, cause this is my first tattoo. I've never even wanted a tattoo. I was just never had anything that meant enough to me, I guess, mm-hmm. to, to want to get one. And um, yeah. And so this is kind of like my statement to those around me that, mm. that this I'm committed, like this is, mm. I'm fucking serious. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, this is legit. I'm sober and this is how I'm doing it. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's so true like, with the uh, releasing the emotions part further to what you said. I just couldn't agree more. It's mm-hmm. um, when you don't dull it, you feel it doubly, but mm-hmm. it's over so much more yeah. quickly. Um, and you don't have that residual thing of the self-loathing on top of the shitty feelings. Mm-hmm. Um but look, won't lie, having to feel it with no crutch is fucking hard. Like it can be yes. really, really hard, particularly in the early days. And I think that's the gauge of how, um, uh, what's the, of how um, committed you, that, that's how you can gauge how committed you are, I think. Um, oh, yeah. If you, if you're really committed and you are up against something challenging and you choose sobriety, that's when you know you're on the right path. That's how I knew. Mm-hmm. That's how I knew mm-hmm. that it was sticking this time because even though the pull was there, it was not strong enough anymore. Um, right. Whereas in the past I would like have all these convictions, but I would break, um, you know, at the first hurdle. Um, and the couple of times um, that I've known that I'm getting on the right path is when I've been able to say, you know what, no, that's not going to help me. And I've been able to just sit with whatever it is, um, Mm -hmm. and come out the other side. Um, and that's been, that is hugely unexpected. I mean, if you think about it logically, obviously you would think it's very expected, you know, when you're not dulling things, you're going to feel them more, but when you feel it in reality, it's very, it's very unexpected because like, I think I said in the first podcast, you know, I had been, by the time I stopped drinking, using alcohol to resolve my problems Mm -hmm. since I was 14 or 15 years old. I had no capacity to do that by myself. Um, I just, it's something that I had to learn and I'm still learning and probably always will be learning. Um, But I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful that now I have the um, steadfastness in myself to be able to get through those things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, um, it's, it's the unexpected part of that was I expected to feel more. I didn't expect how powerful or difficult that would be. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that for sure. Okay. So this one it was totally unexpected, um, but it makes me chuckle. Um, I get excited about random breath tests. <laughs> uh, so in Australia, I don't know if it's the same there, um, but often on the side of the road, um, there'll be um, like convoys of police cars and they'll randomly mm-hmm. breath test people with a, you know, something you blow into. And even when I wasn't drinking, I would freak out about those because just like I'm a drinker and you just always feel Mm -hmm. semi-guilty. I freaking love seeing those now. I'm like, please pull me over. I want to be able to be, you know, totally morally superior to everybody else who's just been pulled over and clocked. (laughs) There's not even a chance. (laughs) Not even a chance. And I'm going to tell that cop that I've been sober for like nearly six months. (laughs) I'm going to hear all about it. I'm all about it. Do you know what? It hasn't happened yet. Freaking typical. Freaking typical. I see them and I'm like, I'll just swerve over a little bit. No, no, no. Tell you what, the first time I get pulled over, me and that cop are going to have a chat. I'm going to be like, well, tell you what, you you pulled over the wrong person today. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I know. Anyway. I yeah, love that was it. Unexpected, but um, yeah, I'll be pretty stoked when I finally get pulled over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have those here um, in the United States. Not so much in Omaha, 
But I do remember having those a lot in Illinois when we lived there. That was a that was a thing to avoid um, if you're mm -hmm. out and about for the night. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel you there. But to piggyback on that one, here's mm -hmm. another funny one. And I this one I love. And it kind of came up um, when I was filling out a form for my therapist. And I got to the question of how many drinks do you have per week? And oh, yes, it was yes, yes. like, yeah, yeah, I just put a big fat zero down. Because normally that question is a stumper. Uh-huh. Because I was always a big fat liar about it. And I would be like, okay, so I drink this much. So let's divide that by like half. Yeah, me too. Or That's so funny. We could just say I'm a social drinker and yeah. just leave it at that. And then if yeah. they bring it up, because it's not really a lie, because I do socialize when I drink, you know, like there's yeah. this whole thing that you put so much energy into for this one little question. And now I don't even I just breeze right through it. It's just like I don't know. Oh, like I, I don't have to feel so guilty much. about lying. I don't have to worry uh, about it at all. Oh, this is service. Look, Steve's bringing me a coffee. Thank you. Oh, hi, Thank Steve. You very much. <laughs> what a sweet guy. I know. What a legend. Um, God. <laughs> no, I get really excited about the um, that that the form too. It's like any opportunity mm -hmm. to like be like, yeah, I've done this. I've done this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the form is great. <laughs> oh, it too is. good. It's too the best. Good. <laughs> um, um, so that's kind of a funny one. Mm -hmm. um, so this next one is a little different for me than for you. So I'll mm -hmm. start. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, for me, it was I became a morning person, which oh. I was never a morning person. My family knew better. Do not talk to me in the morning. <laughs> you need to give me like two hours. Like don't, I, don't even come at me in the morning. And my daughter and I, um, because my husband leaves pretty early for work, so it was always on me to get mm -hmm. her ready for school. And, and she's not easy to get up. No, she's horrible <laughs> to get up. And I was gr grouchy and mostly because I didn't feel good, but because I had done it for so long, it became my norm. I didn't mm. once again, blame it on alcohol. I blamed it on like, that's just who I am. I'm not identified as not a morning person. And mm -hmm. I wore that badge and like, and like you say, if you tell yeah. yourself that, that's what, yep. Yeah. I, yeah. Yep. And that's what I became. And now, Oh, morning's like my favorite time of day. So good. I get up extra early. I never hit snooze anymore. I was like, one of those people that would hit snooze over and over and over and over for like an hour when mm -hmm. I should have just set my alarm for a whole hour later and got like restful sleep instead mm -hmm. of like 10 minute intervals. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm up so early. Usually I'm up before my alarm. Like I don't even really know why I set an alarm anymore, which if you would have told me that a year ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, okay. Like no way would I've ever believed that. Um, well, if you don't set your yeah. alarm, you can't say I'm so energetic that I wake up before my alarm. So that's why you set your alarm. Right. That's why I said it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. How can you do it? Yeah. It's just like, it's amazing. And I love getting up and just having that, oh, like the promise of a new day. Mm -hmm. Like I love just sitting there with the, with my coffee and just clear headed. Yeah. And I'm not trying to like feel better. I already feel great. Yes. And I can just start off on the right foot. And I swear me and my daughter get along so much better in the mornings. Our mornings yeah. have just been yes. so good this school year. And yeah, like that's so good. I, I just love it. Just mornings love it. are the best. But it's a little different for you. So well, yeah, I've always been a morning person. Even mm -hmm. if I'd had, I mean, God, even when I was younger and I'd had like all night benders, I would still run the next morning. Um, like I've just always had that like rigidity. Um, and even then, you know, as I got older and I'd just have my, you know, half a bottle of red wine the night as kind of standard, I'd still prioritize waking up. But then I would just go progressively downhill during mm -hmm. the day I'd need to sleep generally on the weekend because on Friday nights I'd have my half bottle of red wine and maybe a couple of Celsius or whatever and you know like I'd go to bed with a good old buzz so I would yeah. wake up pretty fuzzy 
Um, and I'd get up, go for my run, do all the things that I, you know, all the morning things that I love and I'd feel fine. And then, yeah, by 11, 12 o'clock, and then I'd get grumpy and then I'd want to have a sleep and then I wouldn't want to do anything with my family because, you know, Mm -hmm. they'd want to go out, but all I'd want to do was sleep. Um, and then I'd feel shit about myself because I was like, why can't I just enjoy family time? And, uh, on and on and on and on it went. Now I, I have trouble going to bed. Like. Yeah. So much energy. I haven't had a siesta since I stopped drinking. Um, (laughs) Even when, like, you know, I'm working myself to the bone and having five hours sleep, like, I'm just, like, energized about it. Like, what next? What next? What next? Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just want to do more. I want to get out more. I want to explore more. And there's no crash. Like, I knew when I stopped drinking that the exhaustion would lift. What was Mm -hmm. unexpected was what was beneath that you know what yeah was, you know um and I bloody love that so you know I it's, yeah there's just I'm never tired never ever tired like never properly exhausted fatigued and that was my state of being pretty mm-hmm, much mine too. until the day I stopped yeah yeah, yeah mine too mm. for sure yeah I don't miss that <laughs> at all I'm sure my kids don't either because it made me pretty cool. I know I know. Which I think leads to the next one about, um, you know, for you, it's more patience. Um, for mm-hmm. me, it's less irritable. But tell, talk about your patience levels. Yeah. So I, once again, also loved to wear the badge of I'm just not a patient person. I don't have mm-hmm. any patience. And now I find that I have kind of an annoying amount of patience. <laughs> Like, I think it annoys my husband for sure because (laughs) he'll see a line and he's just like, oh, no, we're not going to do that. And I'm like, well, why not? Like, we don't have anything to do. Let's go get in line. Like, let's just get in line. Like, now I'm like, let's get in line and we can just enjoy. Like, I see waiting in line as an opportunity to take pause in my day Mm -hmm. and use it as an opportunity to reflect or to think about some, you know, like positive, mm-hmm. t- positively think about something or s- express some gratitude. Like I use it as a kind of like a cue for mm-hmm. that. So I see it as an opportunity now instead of as a, you know, an annoyance that is not allowing me to like get on with my day when, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. goes back to, I have so much free time now, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm not in a hurry to get home to start drinking or I'm not in a hurry to get home and go back to bed because I feel like shit Mm -hmm. or I'm not, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm not distracted. I think a lot of my patience was thin because if it wasn't involving drinking, I wanted to rush through it. And you've talked about that too. Mm -hmm. Like I just wanted to rush through it. Yeah. And you know, and then when you just don't feel good, you're like, this is leading into you. Like you feel irritable, right? Like, yeah. Absolutely. So that's, you do. that's more of what you feel better mm. about is your irritability. So tell us about yeah. that. I mean, I will say I'm still a very irritable person. Like pretty much everything shits me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I deal with it a lot better now. Like mm-hmm. I can back to, um, you know, feeling all the feels. I can generally identify that I'm feeling irritable, go, mm, that's not really very reasonable and move past it. Whereas before, um, I would really let it bother me um, to the point where it might lead me to actually drink. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, there are still things that will irritate me always. People talking in the quiet carriage cannot cope. Drinking or otherwise cannot cope. Um, <laughs> hearing people um, eat with clicky jaws can't cope. You know, like there's just a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of things that, yeah, not drinking will not cure. But uh, overall, I think uh, I'm less irritable and I'm, you know, I'm not picky with my kids so much. I don't like, you know, I can let quite a lot slide um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more than I, I used to. Um, and, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. Um, and I'm grateful, like I said, just to be able to pull myself up when I'm letting something pretty minor in the scheme of things get into my head. Right. 
Yeah, because I feel like when you're not feeling good or if you are intoxicated, we just kind of have this way about us to like everything gets amplified. Like we think it's making us more chill. But Mm. I mean, I noticed when I took so my last month of drinking, I had um, this wine advent calendar and I talked about this in another podcast. But once again, I'll bring it up in case no one heard the story. Mm. But I... I decided that that month I was going to have that one glass of wine, which was actually pretty small compared to what I would have normally poured myself. And I noticed um, because I was very much aware now, you know, at that Mm. point I was very aware um, that, yeah, the feel, the warmth and that feel good didn't last long. Mm -hmm. And then I, it was followed up by just being irritable, like Mm. irritated for no, for no good reason. Mm, mm, And mm. that happened every night. And I'm like, oh, this is gross. You know, like 20 minute euphoria. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm like, like, this is not, this is not worth it. But see, I think what I would do is I would normally, I would have continued on drinking, trying to get rid of that irritability. And all I was doing was like fueling it. But then to let myself sit there and let it fade out was really uncomfortable and I didn't like myself. And so I kind of am glad I did it that way, honestly. It really did help me. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. It would. It would. Um, And yeah, back to one of our favorite books and one we recommended early on, um, Claire Pooley talks about, um, and I think it's in The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober as well, they both talk about that... um, you know, the 20 minute high after a drink and mm-hmm. really that's all it is. And, that's all and you as get. Soon as, that's all you get. And then as soon as that passes, you're just chasing that high again and then mm-hmm. it becomes that spiral. Um, I, I didn't know that. I'm glad I do now. Um, yeah. It's not worth it for 20 minutes of buzz. Sorry. Not. <laughs> really not. Not. Um, and then it just leaves the void. Um, mm-hmm. But the opposite to the void is the pink cloud. Whoop, whoop. Woo-woo. I haven't had one of them in did a while. S- did you see my Instagram post this morning? Ooh. I know you just got up, I'm but gonna look, I'm going to look. Tell me, talk about it, and I'll have just a look so at you guys all time. know. I mean, I, I, we've talked once again. Sarah's 15 hours ahead, so she's living in the future right now. She's yeah. she's a whole Hello day ahead of me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this morning, which um, would have she would have been sleeping, I put a post there. There was a pink cloud outside this morning, and it was oh, literal there one. is. A literal a literal <gasps> pink cloud and there is no filter on that picture and it was just like beautiful and these are the things on a labor day morning that i normally would miss out on because i would have still been in bed and if i would have been oh outside God, having stunning. my isn't it stunning oh, if i wow. would have been outside i wouldn't have noticed that because i would have been too hungover so i yeah. it's just little perks there but we're not talking about that kind of a pink cloud no, but that does give me similar feels. <laughs> it does. But the pink yes, cloud no, was yes. a huge unexpected. Yes, yes, yes. Huge yes. unexpected. I didn't even know that Amazing. term before I experienced it. Right. Mm. So definition of the pink cloud is the euphoria that someone in recovery feels um, in their sobriety. And mm. it really describes that really describes it. It is a euphoric feeling and it is a like, you feel so confident in your sobriety. Like you feel like I got this shit. Mm -hmm. No one's gonna bring me down. Like you, it is the best, the best feeling. Yeah. 10 out of 10, highly recommend. But I think you gotta be around 90 days. I'm trying to remember because I looked all the like stats up because it's like, it's a for real legit thing. It's not mm-hmm. just like something we all just kind of throw out there. Like there is like some like basis to it, like psycholo- psych- psychologically and all of that. Um, but yeah, they also say though that it can cause relapse mm-hmm. because it does happen so early on. Mm-hmm. And then when you come down from it, it can cause people to relapse. But it didn't for me. I just was like, I was addicted to that right away. I'm like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna keep this go this feeling going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
that that actually was a concern for me. I loved the pink cloud moments. I had a few. I haven't had one in a long while. Don't I haven't either. Don't expect to really have one again. <laughs> um, I know. But I also found, um, to your latter point, pink clouds a little bit um, – no, triggering is the wrong word, but they would set something off in me where I was like, I don't want to get too used to this because I've always been tried to be pretty pragmatic with my sobriety. Like mm-hmm. I wanted life to be normal but without alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so I'd mm-hmm. get a pink cloud and it would last for a few days and I'd be like, but this isn't going to last, but this isn't going to last and I don't want to get used to feeling this good, you know. And it You're would anticipating the fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was almost, I was almost um, what's the word? Uh, I was almost not grateful, um, relieved at the other mm-hmm. end. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be really stoked when they were coming up and then I'd be quite relieved at the end um i i definitely get natural highs often now i do too um yeah like you know looking at like you had the actual pink cloud or yeah um you know i i, I, I on that 100k walk there were these incredible wildflowers like there's a an appreciation of certain things that i, I didn't have when i was dulled um yeah. So, but I, I personally would take the, those little natural highs for the pink cloud mm-hmm. high, I think. Um, but geez, yeah. they feel bloody good, don't they? <laughs> yeah. The grass looks greener. The sky looks bluer. Yeah. It's just. You just feel like skipping yeah. and telling everybody you love them. I Yeah. 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 Um, which. That was very unexpected. Is it, which isn't on the list. But now that you said that, we did talk about this and I didn't put on the list. Mm. So I'm going to sneak it in really quick. Mm. Remember, you and I talked about how we felt more affectionate mm. now that we're sober. Remember, we, yes. I was telling you at one point yes, how yes, yes. I just out of nowhere felt the need to just kiss the top of Adeline's head. And I know most moms are like, well, I kiss the top. I've never been no, a yeah. physically affectionate person. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I am way more physically affectionate yeah now that i am sober yeah same and i'm the same i've never been very affectionate i have real trouble except for my kids telling people i love them and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but i'm Mm -hmm. definitely um more tactile with the kids like i you know hug them a bit more like i was at the shopping center the other day and just sort of pulled pop to me and um, it just feels a lot more natural i think it's just because there's a wall that's down. Um, you know, you yes. have a wall up when you just feel gross and you're judging yourself mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff and that's gone and that means that you can express it to other people. Definitely. I totally forgot about that, but you're right. And that has stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. That's a great unexpected one. Mm-hmm. As is mm-hmm. um, the the next one. I think, um, I think it's your turn to introduce. The confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is massive. Oh, we so was it about a month ago? I think you and I had a really good chat back and forth on Voxer Mm -hmm. about just feeling so confident and so like in every decision. Like I remember when I was a drinker, I didn't trust myself. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because I knew most of the time either I if I was drinking, I definitely didn't trust myself. And I was one of those people that when I was drinking, I always wanted to pretend that I was in control never wanted to allow Mm -hmm. that feeling that the alcohol gave me of being out of control I never wanted to portray that I was that way you know I Mm -hmm. always try to just keep it together yeah that's a lot of work it is so I never trusted any so I would never make any decisions but then also when you're hungover I didn't trust my brain either so Mm -hmm. I just didn't trust myself I didn't trust to speak up about things or to talk about things because I just had no confidence in it and now I am like unleashed Mm -hmm. like I just have such a huge confidence in who I am because I'm figuring that out who like that person she's like able to come out now my inner voice is not an asshole my inner voice was so mean to me like she hated my body she hated my ideas she hated everything and now she's so kind because she's not drunk and stupid and just mean yeah wine witch yeah so yeah yeah, it's just amazing oh it really is and you know when I say that the bright eyes was my favorite physical part of Mm. sobriety this one is definitely mine and for me 
Yeah. It's not so much confidence, it's self-assurance. It's um, yes. nowadays for all of my career and, you know, obviously I'm very open in the fact that I am a workaholic, but also in, in my personal relationships, um, I've always felt a bit like an outlier and there are a couple of reasons. Um, one is I just always felt like I was just a bit off the mark, like things I would say were a bit silly or um, I, I, I constantly felt like I, when I was speaking to other people, they were judging everything I said and that it wasn't mm-hmm. quite meeting the mark. Yeah. Um, so it was like this constant kind of imposter syndrome. And I think it was born of just not remember. I mean, one obviously is I have a condition that kind of does that, but also sure. Um, the other one is that my memory was really compromised. So I would forget conversations that I had with people either that I'd had when I was drinking or when I was hungover because I was constantly fuzzy, right? Mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. again, I was only a grey area drinker. I mean, I can't imagine how other people live like this. But if I'm honest, even with that half a bottle of wine a night, I was fuzzy all the time. And right. so I was chasing my tail in conversations at work. My, my colleagues would be talking to me about things that happened in meetings and I'd have to go along with it as though I remembered and I would just, it would it was vague. I would oh. come out of a meeting unless I wrote down every single thing, half of it would go. Um, and so I always, always in every interaction felt a little bit behind the eight ball. Steph, that is gone. It's completely oh. gone. And that, awesome. that one single thing is life-changing. I yeah. pretty much entirely, my memory is sharp um but even you know i i take notes anyway i'm just much more kind of organized and focused i prepare Mm -hmm. for things um i retain things i'm more engaged in the conversations so i retain more as well because i'm not constantly thinking i feel shit god i can't wait to have a wine well is there enough wine la 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 la. you know i'm not constantly somewhere else i'm there i'm i'm having the the conversation um I'm not, you know, wishing the day away. I'm not wishing the meeting away. I'm not wishing that particular moment in time away. Um, Mm -hmm. To me, that is completely life-changing and has just um, revolutionized my existence. Living with that feeling is awful, honestly. It really is. Mm. It's like you just constantly feel lesser than. And my self-confidence has always been really high. I've always liked myself, but Mm -hmm. my... um, my um, impression of what others thought of me was really debilitating. And um, Mm -hmm. now, even if they did have an issue, I just don't think I'd really care. Um, So, yeah, to me, that one, that's the clincher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to add, yeah, Um, same for me as far as I used to, you know, be this people pleaser and I wanted everyone mm-hmm. to stay comfortable and so I like I was saying I wouldn't speak up and yeah a lot of it had to do with I already but for me my self-confidence was shit you mm-hmm. know because I had that in my head telling me that you know I wasn't good enough and I didn't look good enough and you mm-hmm. know all of these things and so I also projected that into like how I thought others saw me mm-hmm. was the same as what I that person in my head was saying mm-hmm. was like that's what everyone thought of me. And so Mm. that's gone. Like, Mm. I don't care. Like, I just don't care. Mm. Yeah. No, I would have never done this podcast because I would have been so worried. Yeah. What people are going to think about what I have to say. And now I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, I mean, I might've had the confidence to do the, the podcast because I wouldn't say confidence was the issue for me, but I wouldn't have conviction in what I was saying. So the yeah. outcome would be the same. I'd be like, like I wouldn't be sharing it. I wouldn't be letting people listen. I wouldn't right. be, you know, doing all that stuff. Whereas, like now, I'm like, go for like I stand by everything I say. Yeah. Like I, yeah, it's 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 amazing. It is. <laughs> um, and this one, I think the so. We always know that when you're sober, drunk people are boring, right? I mean, that's a given. That's not unexpected. Yeah. But what it what was unexpected is how unboring sober people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
they're the ones you want to have conversations with because they're the ones that won't repeat what they're mm-hmm. you know what they said five minutes before they're the ones that will want to actually dig deep and have conversations with you that aren't about the weather or i don't know what they bought at aldi <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> it's so true because i mean i think that was definitely something that i was worried about i'm like everyone i knew you know was a drinker and i'm like uh okay so who are these people that don't drink and Mm -hmm. am i gonna have anything in common with them and are we gonna be able to like do things that are fun like Mm -hmm. because for me like i said my activity always was drinking and then the things i did with drinking weren't probably like looking at it now are not things that i really enjoy doing but I use the alcohol to make them fun. Yes. I and so what's that. great about sobriety is now you get the chance to create a life. And I see this posted on Sobergram all the time, talking about how creating a life that doesn't need alcohol to have mm. fun. Yeah. And that's creating a that's life you don't want to run away from. Yeah. Right. That's what I want. And mm. I have so much more fun. Um, I feel like I, t- I I messaged you this the other the other day and I actually was talking to my daughter about it. I feel like I've reverted back to that girl pre, you know, 14 when I started Mm. drinking. I've reverted back to her Mm. as far as like figuring out what I like to do. Yeah. And And the wonder in that. Yes. And it's it's so weird because I I, people probably hear that and they're like, oh, so now you act like a, a 14 year old girl. No, there's I have I still have my maturity about me. It's the curiosity and yes. the excitement and the wonder that yeah. has come back that mm-hmm. alcohol stole. Yeah. And so now it's like all those things that I used to love to do at that age. Like I I was I did competitive dance and I used to write plays and poetry and now I'm blogging and I'm doing mm-hmm. a podcast and doing TikToks. You see how it's like yeah. yeah. All come back to me and yeah. now that is so fun. Compared to like, okay, let's get together with a bunch of people and drink and watch football, which by the way, it's football season and don't hate me for this, but I hate football season. Like I'm just not a fan. And I used to like, I used to drink just to hang out with everyone and they're watching football and I'm just like drinking and yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that this year. Yay! Not doing it. It's too short. No, I'll be Um, I'll be making TikToks somewhere in another room. They can watch football. I'll be watching them. I'll be watching them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think when um, for me, I um, I would still do things, but it would take a lot of motivation. Like you know, I would still run and still do all my you know the stuff I need to do to keep my businesses running and. But it all took so much motivation. It was exhausting. You know, I just always want to take the edge off. Um, and so, yeah, now that sort of motivation and that eagerness and, the you know, like, oh, wanting to really dig into things is so beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, also representing the sober people in, um, like, drunk environments. I quite enjoy that too. Like, and I know you yeah. do that a lot, Steph. It's like now that I've kind of gotten comfortable with being in that environment i mean i might only be there one or two hours where everybody else is like four or five but it's enough and Mm -hmm. you know um you know if you're there at the beginning before people get really truly buzzed it can be good fun and even if you're there when they are a a bit buzzed um Mm -hmm. you know you can just kind of find entertainment in that for a short period and move on as well but you know you are presenting another option to people and i think for you and me at least i know steph it's important that we feel like we're um being the change Mm -hmm. you know that we want to see yeah yeah for sure and to piggyback off that um you know when you when you're saying how like the the people when they start getting like really drunk later in the night i've had people ask me how do you handle that and it's you know what i discovered in sobriety I actually was more irritated with them when I was drinking with them and they got to that point because like I said, first of all, the drinking just made me irritated for no reason. And two, I'm like trying to keep my shit together. And then this person over here is acting a fool and I'm like super annoyed because I'm like, hey, buddy, like what's going on here? And it would irritate me. Now, when I'm sober, 
for some reason, it doesn't irritate me. Like, mm. yeah, I'm kind of, and they kind of stick together anyway. Like, if you're not <laughs> feeding into it, yeah, they don't yeah. really like come around you. They kind of mm. stick together. But now I just kind of sit back and I'm just like, you're going to feel like shit tomorrow, you know, like, <laughs> and I, feel I sorry don't, sorry for future you. Yeah. I almost like feel bad for them and I'm not like irritated and annoyed. I don't know. It just doesn't, you would think that. So it, it's, I wonder if anyone else in the sober community has noticed that as well. It would be interesting or if it's just me because yeah, I just, I don't, I felt way more irritable around drunk people when I was drunk. I don't, so we're at that time again Steph it's recommendations time um yes I'll kick off mine isn't uh, a specific book or pod or whatever this week I think having just finished the 100k challenge and now kind of looking for my next one I really wanted to just recommend a a stretch goal um for people particularly at, at chimes into that free time kind of thing and also having yeah. energy and being a morning or, you know, morning person or whatever. Um, I really find having something that I'm working towards and wanting to achieve really helps with that. And whether that's a sporting thing or a course, you know, I went to a tap dancing show the other night. I'd love how to learn how to do a tap routine, for example. But, you know, just something that you can <laughs> immerse yourself in. I know that you actually already know how to do that. You're going to have to show me. Yeah, I used to tap dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, mm-hmm. I love that little bit of trivia. That's so cool. They were amazing, yeah. amazing. Oh, I bet. Um, Girls on Tap, uh, they're called. Shout out to them. I'll put them in the show notes. If you're in Australia oh, and you yeah. have, in fact, but they have also um, done a show in the US. Um, okay. They were in New York a couple of years back, but shout out to them. I'll put a link to their um, yeah their details in, in the show notes. They do um, like... Uh, not just tap, but they do like um, drumming with acapellas, singing and um, like beats with different, they were doing beats with like a toilet cleaner, a grater, um, a rolling pin and something else. And they made this amazing, they were incredible in freaking incredible. (gasps) That sounds awesome. They were amazing. Like, and the the girls just had incredible. And then one of them was tap dancing while she was playing the piano. I I cannot even, I can't even explain. It was insane. So there's a recommendation. Yeah. Um, it did make me go like, oh, yeah, that would be a fun thing. And I think um, if you're early in sobriety or you're sober curious and you're kind of setting yourself up, um, if you do that alongside another challenge, and maybe not, you know, not at like a sober October or a dry January because that's actually the challenge is only staying sober. I think you need distractions mm-hmm. from only staying yeah, sober. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Something to add in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that you're yeah. working towards. So. You know, whether that's learning how to do a really awesome still life painting or writing a song and learning how to play it or, you know, doing a marathon or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, anyway, that stuff really helps because it fills the spare time. It gives you a sense of purpose. Um, It gives you something to talk about other than sobriety. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as we've talked about, you can tend to become pretty single minded uh, in the early days. Um, yep. So, yeah, I would, I would really recommend that and Girls on Tap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Steph? So my recommendation aligns with um, next week's podcast because I'm excited. We have uh, me. Me too, me too. Uh, <gasps> Eric Roberts from Eric Roberts Fitness. Uh, if you do not know who Eric Roberts is, look him up on Instagram. He's got a YouTube uh, he has his own podcast. Um, pretty sure he's on Facebook. I I don't get on Facebook very often. Um, but yeah, everything is Eric Roberts Fitness as far as his handle. He has website, so just Google him. He is someone who definitely um, helped me come to the point where I wanted to get sober. Like I started listening to him for fitness purposes, obviously. Uh, I like his approach. It was very simple. I used to get very crazy with diets, always wanting to try weird things because I I never wanted to get rid of alcohol. So I would try things that like I could include that. Um, But anyway, so my recommend. So he's going to be on our podcast next week. I'm so excited. I'm going on hit. I feel like that means we're a big deal. Like that means we are a big deal. deal. (laughs) So I'm going on his and then he's coming on ours. And 
the conversations are going to be amazing. He is super motivating. Uh, he just, tell, I, he's so matter of fact, he keeps things so simple. I think, especially in the fitness industry, things have just gotten completely out of control mm -hmm. and confusing. Mm -hmm. And that's what I loved about him. Um, and I train with his assistant, Linda, that is my trainer and, uh, just couldn't recommend her more either. Um, and I think they're actually looking to hire another trainer or two. So they're, oh, wow. they're doing, amazing, they're growing. doing yeah. amazing things. Yeah. So and he'll he be on, a podcast but actually on alcohol, didn't he? Yes. So my recommendation is going to be that podcast. Um, we'll put it in the show notes and it was, uh, it's called my honest thoughts on alcohol. And so this is coming from someone, um, you know, who has studied nutrition and, um, strength training and knows a lot about how that whole thing works with building muscle and, and how alcohol plays a part in that. And that's what that podcast talks mm. about. And, We'll be talking, I mean, honestly, there's so many things we can talk about with him. Oh, man. And it's something that we're and, both so into, fitness and health and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's going to be. And to get someone so who's an expert in his, in that field to kind of put it out there a little bit better than what we can. Because, I mean, this is, like, he's so passionate. You know, we were passionate about sobriety and we can sit and mm. talk for hours about it that's how he is about fitness. I mean, he, mm. this man is just incredible. So I can't wait to share him with you guys um, next week. Like this is going to be great. I it's, it's I'm so yeah. excited. Me too. And um, just, yeah, I think that there are more people from different spheres talking about the, the benefits of sobriety is such a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, where, we're really lucky to have him coming on the show. So we are. onwards to next week, Steph. Yeah. <laughs> Can't right. wait. We'll see you then. Bye, Steph. All right. Bye, Sarah. Thank you for listening to the This Is Us Sober podcast. If you know someone who's questioning their relationship with alcohol, please share this podcast with them. Nobody should feel alone in sobriety. And if you like what we had to say, please give us a follow so you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you're really into us, give us a five-star review.